welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Let's be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. It's wonderful to be in His presence this morning. Amen. I just encourage you more and more as these days go on, as we enter into the word, the, the word says greater darkness. Spend that time in his presence every day. Put on your worship music. Spend time before him. I just want to read a word this morning. It was given at um, Southwest Believers Week by um, David Nooks. And it was September 2022. Beloved, we stand at the brink of something big and new, not new to me, but it will be new to you. I have in store for those who truly love me such things that you've not yet experienced. I have in store for those who truly love me such things as you've not yet experienced. I have an outpouring of my spirit which I've longed to impart Indeed, for a long time, I have wanted to impart it. But now I am separating out for myself a people who love me for myself. I've watched for many years for for such a people. And on those of you whose hearts are truly towards me, I will send my spirit in a new way. You will know the fullness of my spirit working within you in ways you have never known before. You will know my power and you will know my love. You will know my grace. You will know my faithfulness. You will see me answer prayer in a way for which you've longed. You'll see the lame walk. You'll see the sick raised from their their bed. You'll see the dead raised in these days to come because I've been longing with all of my heart to have a people whom I can trust to give the glory unto me and not take it unto themselves. Beloved, I've preserved for myself a remnant for these last days, and my heart is overflowing with joy, and I long, I long to speak to the world through a people who want only me and nothing for themselves, and through such a people I will speak to the world. I'm not a merciless God who will make judgments without extending mercy, and I will give mercy to those who will turn and repent. And there shall be a greater harvest than you've dared hope. And there shall be larger numbers than you would even have expected. And yet, beloved, I call upon you to stand strong because these will be hard days. The days will be difficult. They will be difficult for the world. They will be difficult also for my people because there will be such division that men will either love me or they'll hate me with a satanic hatred. And there will be very little in between. Do not fear those who will persecute you, but only fear me. For, beloved, I have all things in my hand. Do not think for one moment anything in your lives or anything in the world around you is out of control. It is not. For I am king, I am supreme, and I am sovereign. I have in my hand all that you need, and I will never let you down. I'll never forsake you, and I'll never fail you. And in your darkest moments, I will shine in with my light and you will know in a new way the greatness of your God. 
Therefore, be encouraged, be greatly encouraged, because I'm ex- intending to do things which you long for and that you thought you'd never see. I'm with you. My beloved, that's all you need. All you need is to know I'm with you, for Christ in you is indeed the hope of glory, the hope, the assured hope, the guarantee of glory. And you will shine like lights in the darkness. And as the darkness of these last days increases, as the fury of the enemy rages, so my love will become an ever more apparent. The world will see and know those who belong to me, and many will turn, and many will come to me, and there shall be a harvest for which I have longed, and for many of you have longed. You have thought perhaps it would never come. Beloved, there's some of you who did not see it, who do not see it because you're already seeing that my face in glory. But many will see it, and you will rejoice, and you rejoice and will be such as to carry through every test and every difficulty, because my joy will fill you. My love will surround you, and I will work in such trust that you'll need never, ever have any doubt that your God is with you. Beloved, be encouraged with these words. Take them to heart and be expectant that I will bring to pass all that I have intended. Amen. Let that be an encouragement to you today. And I tell you, I prophesy this morning, the prophetic in this house is risen and is rising to a new level. And that is what the enemy will seek in any house to come against. When the prophetic wants to rise, the Antichrist spirit will come against that in any land, in any nation. But I tell you what, this nation of Ireland is a prophetic nation. All of you that have the prophetic inside you will right now be we be in tune with the prophetic and that will be witnessing with your heart right now. And I'm saying to all those who are prophetically inspired at this moment in time to get into your closet like never before, to get in worship like never before, to get in this word like never before, to hear what God is saying and then to take that, that may be into your workplace, into the schools, into your neighbor, wherever you are, your family. God's going to give you a word to speak and words to pray and words to sing because we are a prophetic nation because for years and years like at the word I read last week we sent missionaries all over the world and that's going to be happening again from here from those that will be in tune with the spirit of God from those who will step into line with what God has that is happening and that's going to happen more and more and more because God is awakening the prophetic call and God has given the voice back to this nation the voice back north and south to this nation of Ireland that has been robbed from us the voices coming back. He is aligning his church. He's aligning his fivefold. He is putting them in place. Amen. It is a great day. A great day. A great day. You may say to me, well, pastor, why are you joyful? Because I'm in the spirit. I'm picking up in the spirit. I know what's going on in the spirit. Yesterday, when I had time in the spirit, I was excited about what God is doing, not just in my life, not just in this church, not just in the, in, the, in the leaders in the land that I'm aware of and things that are, that are happening. In the midst of everything, God is doing great things. That's why we keep our eyes on him. We keep our eyes focused on him. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. 
You start looking in the things in this earth and it will drag you down. You start looking at the circumstances in your life, it will drag you down. But you keep your eyes focused. You keep your eyes fixed on the King of Kings and on the Lord of Lords. He will never, never, ever let you down. Amen. So hallelujah. Let's stand and um, before we put on the word this morning, um, let's talk about what we believe our Bible is. Amen. So if your Bible is with you or if you have an app on your phone, let's stand and repeat after me. Hallelujah. This is what we believe this morning. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe I am who it says I am. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I have what it says I can have. And now, as I'm about to receive the incorruptible, the ever-living, the never-dying seed of the Word of God, my mind is alert, my heart is open, and as a result, I never, ever, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's be seated. Um, this um, is on YouTube, and this is uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne, and she's teaching on steps of faith. She's a great Bible teacher. Uh, so I encourage you to take your notebook out, take notes, and listen to Holy Spirit. So you go away with something that your hearers that say faith by hearing, that you hear this word, apply it to your life as you go this morning in Jesus' name. I said faith is not hard, but you do have to have knowledge about what's involved. Amen. And like I said, uh, for us to receive, it requires faith. And if we're missing some of the components of faith, we'll struggle. And like I said, my concern is that we don't want to ever get just hooked on one component or one step of faith and stay there and get ready and go, why isn't it working? So I want to vocalize and articulate some things just to, just to stir you up by way of remembrance. One of the things uh, that you, where faith begins is faith hears. Faith hears. And if you don't hear, faith doesn't come. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes not just by hearing anything. The, the word says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, he's telling you what to hear. The word of God. So the word of God, and you, you always need to think of the word as this. It's God speaking to you. Always when you pick up your Bible, God's speaking to me. When I'm reading, this is God speaking to me. Don't just treat it as a book. It is God speaking to me. And so when we, quote, when we think of the word in that term, we could quote this verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing what God is speaking to me. Now, the only what God speaks to you primarily and first and foremost is through his word, but that's not the only way he's heard. The spirit of God speaks and he will speak to you specifics 
that the word does not articulate for you. The word gives God's general instructions and directions to all people. But there are specifics about your life that you need to hear. And that is God speaking when the spirit speaks to you. And when the spirit speaks to you, he always follows the blueprint of the word. The word is the blueprint of how the spirit will speak and move and what he will say to you. So we could say it this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what God says to you in his word and hearing what God says to you through his spirit. Because you have to hear both of that. Amen. Without hearing, you've got no basis to believe God for anything. Why? Because in hearing, you gain knowledge of what God will say and gain knowledge of how God will bring it to pass for you. Amen. So faith hears. Without hearing, you're going to make a mistake by facing a need and just picking a Bible verse and throwing that at your need. This is a mistake many in the faith life make. They just think, well, I know scriptures, and they just start throwing scriptures. Faith comes by hearing. You've got to hear from God. How is God telling me to approach this need? Because God has more than one avenue to victory. And he may lead one person on one avenue and another person down another avenue. And you have to know which is your avenue. Can I put it that way? But all of it will arrive us at God's best if we follow the way he leads. Because one time you say, I don't know what you mean by that. Isn't, doesn't he, for example, doesn't healing belong to all of us? Certainly. The, the victory of healing is ours. But God will lead us down different avenues sometimes of how we arrive there. Sometimes he used to, maybe in the past, he's told you to have somebody to pray for you, lay hands on you. And you received healing when somebody laid hands on you. The next time something shows up, you could go back to having them laid hands on you and nothing happens. And you go, well, doesn't the word work? You, you're, you're getting rutted. You got stuck on one avenue. And the next time, he may have somebody to pray the prayer of agreement with you. He may direct you that way. Another way, he may just have you stand on the word. Another time, he may say, you need to correct something. You see, there's... There's different things that different needs call for. And you have to hear, what is my prescription? What does he prescribe for me and this need? Because he will not rut you into only one way of receiving. It's all receiving, but there's avenues of receiving. Why does he use different avenues? Because as we grow up and mature spiritually, he puts a greater demand on our faith. And he's not going to keep using one flow of uh, one avenue with you every time because you would never develop spiritually in a balanced manner. Another thing is because you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk by faith. If every time you just knew what avenue he was going to use, you would not walk by faith. I mean, in the same way. Needing to hear from God keeps our fellowship with God vital. And it keeps it hot. So faith hears, number one. When you're faced with a need, do not just start picking up Bible verses of your own liking. 
and throwing them at your need. Your first action should be looking inward. What's the Spirit saying to me about this need? How is He telling me to address this need? If He doesn't say anything specifically, then do what you know. But many times people just do what they know without even asking Him. And that's the difficulty. That's why people just keep doing what they know, do what they know, do what they know. And many times they don't know enough. And then they start saying, well, this doesn't work. Or they just keep doing it and getting no results. If you're keeping on doing something over a period of time and getting no results, mm, something's missing. You're hopping on one foot and not arriving. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number one, faith hears. Number two, do, do you understand? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of slow about getting off number one because <laughs> this is what makes the faith life easy. You heard him. You don't, you don't even have grounds for believing regarding your need until you hear. Well, I know healing belongs to me. Yes, but how is he telling you to approach this need? What verse? Don't just pick a verse. Let the Spirit of God enlighten one. Because you know what David would all, he, he prayed and it's written all throughout the Psalms. Quicken thou me, O Lord, according to your word. Quicken me according to your word. So the word has to be quickened to you for the word to quicken you. And the measure of word that's in you is going to be the, is, is only the measure he can use to quicken you. The greater the measure of the word in you, the more he's got to quicken. But this is what I'm telling you is you want to hear from God because your faith will be quickened. Your spirit will be quickened. Everything will come alive because you know what he said. And when you know what he says, no demon in hell can sway you if you will stand on what he says. Number one, faith hears. Always make that your first action when faced with a need. Turn to your spirit and say, Holy Ghost, you are my guide. You are my teacher. Amen. You're my counselor. Many times people pick up a, pick up a Bible verse and throw it out their need, at their need while they have ignored their counsel. And ignored the counselor. And this is where many people miss it. The first thing I do is I start, what do I need to do? What do I need to correct? What do I need to change? What do I need to stand on? What do I just need to hold fast to? When, he hear, when you hear what he says, it settles you. No matter what opposition comes against your mind, it anchors you. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And many are trying to believe before they've heard. Praise the Lord. The next thing faith does is faith meditates on what it hears. You can't just say, oh, God said that, and then just drop what he said and not give it your attention. You have to anchor and settle yourself down on that word. You say, well, we know that. Mm. Because this is a process, and many times people are just wanting to throw a quick verse at it and get a quick reply back, a quick victory back, and meditation is a process. It's our lifestyle. So you take what God says and you meditate on it. 
Why? Because that which God said is impossible to you until you get it in you. Meditation turns the impossible into possible only as long as that word finds its home in your heart. Jesus said this in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me, if you abide in me. Now, if you're born again, you do abide in him. But the next phrase is the catch-all here. And my word abides in you. See, what he said to you, and when you faced that need, that need showed up and you heard from him. Now, what he said to you, you're going to have to get that abiding in you. Because until it abides in you, it won't spend. It won't spend. And people are trying to spend what does not yet, what they yet, they don't yet abide in. Amen. You meditate on it. What's that mean? You think about it. You speak about it. You turn it over in your thought life. You put it in your mouth and you speak it to yourself. You've heard me talk about when God gave me sister, he told me he was going to give me sister Amy's castle. That was impossible for me. For me, it was impossible. It was impossible financially. It was impossible in the way that it was not available. People had tried to buy it. People who had more money than me at that time tried to buy it. Offered them larger prices than what I ended up paying for it. But because I heard God say, I'm going to give you that house, I meditated on it. You know how I meditated on it? I drove to it. And I would sit across, uh, across the road from that house and I would look at it. What am I doing? I'm looking at, what God's, at God's words. God said that's house, that house is mine. So when I look at that house, I'm seeing God's words in front of me. And then I would sit there and I would imagine what I'm going to do. I would, I'd planned out the whole thing. You know, I've got hundreds and hundreds of photos and I've got hundreds and hundreds of design photos that are going to be implemented in that. So what did I do? That's a form of meditation. If you're believing for a house, get out and look for one. Let the spirit prompt you in a, in a region or direction. And then you got, when you're driving through there, that's a form of meditation. You're, you're, you're putting that in front of you. God, do you know, even if you don't know what house, just getting out and looking at houses is a form of meditating. You're meditating. I have a house out here. I have a house out here and I'm going to go find it. Right? And so I would, I would uh, imagine. You know, God gave you, gave you your imagination. Not all imaginations are to be cast down. No. He gave you your imaginations to help you meditate. Now, what the devil does is he gives you wrong imaginations. And if you take in those, you meditate in the direction of fear instead of the direction of faith. So it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But any imagination that exalts it, that doesn't exalt itself, that agrees with the knowledge of God, those you hold to. That's what meditation is. You see yourself well. You see yourself up and walking. You see yourself without pain. You see yourself without that condition. You use your imagination. That's, that's a form of meditation. Amen. Confession, confession 
is a form of meditation. Many times people think that confession is the end all to faith. Confession is an important thing of faith, but confession is meditation. You're speaking that over and over and over. You're, you're, you're driving that word into your spirit and into your thought life yes. through confession. Amen. It's a form of meditation. Amen. Amen. The third thing of faith, faith number one, what does it do? Yes. Number two, what does it do? Yes. Number three, faith acts. Many times people try to act when they haven't done number one. What's number one? Here. Here. They try to act and they haven't heard yet. Then number two, then the next thing is people try to go straight to acting and they haven't done number two, which is what? Well, I heard, but did you meditate? Did you drive that into you to where nothing can separate you from that? That's how you take ownership of what he said to you is through meditation. And you, you really are, that's when you're going to get results with your actions is when you heard and you drove what God said to you into your spirit and into your thought life. Then it shows up in your doing. And then when it shows up in your doing, manifestation is on this way, baby. Amen. After faith acts, faith continues to act through standing your ground. That is part of acting, is standing your ground. Do you know that confession is part of acting also? Confession is part of meditation, plus it's part of acting. But you have to learn to stand your ground. Because when you know, 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 you know what God said, and you anchor that on the inside of you, something's going to come to try to push you off that. And you're going to have to decide whether or not you're going to be swayed. And as it, this is where many times people stop at the confession of meditation. Now, well, let, before I even say that, let me go on to this. Faith also praises. So acting, standing on the word, and praising are all forms of acting. Com really, confession is an act, right? Right? Praising is an act. Standing, standing your ground when opposition comes. All of those are acting on the word. But you can't just do one of those and arrive. It has to be all these steps that are involved. And they blend one. They bleed one into another. Don't they? Now, what God has been dealing with me about for us is something we need to check ourselves on. And that is this. That you're, I want you to be careful that you don't just get hold of certain scriptures that promise you all and sit back and confess that and that's all you're doing. Many of you think that confession is the totality of your part. Your part is hearing. Your part is meditating. Your part includes confessing, but confessing is the lazy man's way that some take. They don't want to hear. They don't, they don't take time to hear. They don't take time to meditate. They're just going to sit and while they're in the car, oh, thank you, Father, that you make me rich. I thank you, Father, that I'm healed. And they don't give any more effort than that. They don't engage their heart. They just think, I fulfilled it. I confessed it. 
And this is coming up for me for this congregation that we have to make sure we don't fall into that rut of one, one avenue. Confession is important. I am not downplaying it. But when all you're doing is confessing, it's a crippled flow. Because confession has to be joined to other things to work. Has to be joined to what did you hear from God? It has to be joined to what are you, what are you meditating on? Years ago, and you know, we'll have healing lines or we'll minister to people. And a man came up, part of the congregation, years ago. And uh, I knew he had had ongoing issues with his certain joints in his body. And uh, I went to lay hands on him and God said to me, because I I, I knew, you know, you can tell the spiritual condition many times. When you're a pastor, you can tell that where people are at spiritually and God lets you know that so you can help them. And so I went to lay my hands on him and God stopped me and he said, ask him what verses he's standing on. What verses is he standing on for his healing? And I said to him, I said, brother, uh, what verses are you standing on for your healing? None. I, I don't know any verses. Now, see, he'd been in this church years, years. What's that mean? He wants victory without hearing without meditating, without acting. What is it? He got himself fixed on one avenue and decided, I'm going to have hands laid on me, and that's what God's going to do. Unless you heard that, you don't know. (laughs) And nothing happened for him until he took these steps because faith is not just a healing line. Thank God for healing lines. Faith is not just a confession. Faith is hearing. Faith is meditating. If you're meditating and I were to ask you, what verses are you standing on? You could tell me because you've been meditating on them. So if you can't, if if someone were to ask you today, what verses are you standing on for your need? And you would not have some like this at at the tip of your tongue. You're not meditating. Now, another thing that we have to make sure we're not just good at throwing out faith lingo. Because we know faith talk. <laughs> I appreciate this one precious lady, a minister, years ago. Um, I, 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 knew, I, I knew her, but not, not intimately, not closely. And uh, I, uh, I knew they didn't have any children. And her and her husband were getting older. And I said to her, because I didn't see her that often, and I said to her, I said, you know, I, I didn't even know. Do you and your husband even want children? She said, yes, we do. And I said, oh, okay, I didn't know, you know, because they're older. And she said, yeah. She said, we're believing for children. And then we go on with our conversation. And then she stepped, and I so, I, I so appreciated this. She stepped back, and she stopped me. She said, wait a minute. I just said I'm believing for children. She said, I'd be honest, I have been believing. I just want them. What's she saying? She was saying faith lingo, but there was none of these other actions, and she, she checked herself. See, the word says examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. You can have faith and not be in it, and you can have faith lingo and not be in it. 
You can know all the proper responses. You can know all the proper confessions, but without step number one, which is what? Without step number two, which is? It doesn't matter what you can talk. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I appreciated that she caught herself. She judged herself right there because she, this is where we dupe ourselves many times is we just, we, we, we say the right faith words, but there's no, there's no guts behind it. What's that mean? There's no heart invested in it. There's no meditation invested in it. There's no hearing invested in it. Can I tell you this? You really need to pay attention to what I'm talking about this morning because this is your failing place or your victory place. So don't treat this as casual. Amen. Now, this is my concern. And I'm concerned about this because for evidently this is what the Spirit is concerned about for you. That is that some are sitting back and just making confession, 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 and thinking their part is done and things aren't changing and increase isn't happening and prosperity isn't happening the way you're confessing, but you think you've done all your part. Let's not be okay with nothing changing. If nothing is changing, we got to change. Many have a very vague idea about this flow of faith, this life of faith. They think it just, it, they think that the climax of all this thing is my confession. I've got it in my mouth. And like you're strong arming God into manifesting what you're saying. And the more, the more I say it, the more I say it, the more he's got to do it. And you sit back. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general. People sit back. Some sit back and confess money and wait for money to show up. You're duped. You are limited. Many are just limiting God to somebody's going to give me money. Money's just going to be mailed in. Somebody's just going to give me. And they've got it fixed in their head that money is just going to drop in their lap. That's not faith. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. And confession is not the totality of that act. The longer you just wait for it to show up, the devil is content to let you just keep confessing. Because an avenue of increase may be somebody hands you something, but that is not the rule. And what verse do you stand on that somebody's going to hand me something? What verse? Well, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yes, but who told you that he would only use a man's hand? If you'll remember, God said to us years ago that there are three things especially he named out. And he says, believe me for number one, divine ideas. Number two, believe me for open doors of financial opportunity. Number three, believe me for lost funds restored in multiplied fashion. None of that is somebody handing you something. And many are just sitting thinking that prosperity means somebody's going to walk up and hand you money. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm stirred about for many. And, you, and using it really, the devil's using that way of thinking to turn them lazy. And they think they're in faith, but they're lazy. I'm going to tell you, faith will turn you into the hardest worker on the job. 
Faith will turn you into the best giver. Faith will turn you into you using everything you've got. Faith will make you all in. And people who sit back and just want to confess in their victory, confess in their prosperity, confess in money, they're missing because they're they're missing it because they're trying to hop around on a on an insufficient application. Confession is part of it, but it is not all of it. And this is my concern of why some are not advancing as they should or as they could. Amen. And while they're confessing, they just sit and they're just waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. They're waiting for their house to show up. They're waiting for the money for their house to show up. They're just waiting for somebody to give them money and they're waiting and waiting and waiting themselves past the blessings of God. Waiting, 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 waiting. When are, when are you going to go for that house? When are you going to go for starting that job? When are, when are you? Well, I'm waiting. Yeah. Faith is an act. Yeah. Listen, if God has spoken to you that a house, he has a house for you, you have to hear from him. Yes. Hear from him. You know, don't just decide. But it, you, you have peace in your spirit about things, you know. You have to know what is God saying. But once he said something, now he's waiting on you. Once you know what he has said, he's waiting on you. Praise the Lord. Well, hopefully that was a blessing to you today as we um, continued in our faith uh, message. Take those notes that you've got, those scriptures, and apply them. What faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word, hearing through the spirit. Faith is an act. Amen. Put action to that. Let's stand as we close this morning. Amen. God, we just thank you. We praise you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for for this word this morning. We thank you, Father, that you've said that, Lord God, faith pleases you, Lord, that the just shall live by faith. And we are the just, and that is how we live, Lord God, trusting you. So, Father, we thank you for this week that we're walking into, Lord. We thank you, Father, that it's a week that is blessed, Lord God. I thank you, Father, Lord, that the people that need to hear answers and making decisions and things this week, that they will hear you, Lord, in those decisions and answers. Those are looking for open doors, Father God, for promotions or movement in their jobs, Father God. Our Lord, new positions, I thank you, Father, that they have them as they believe and are led forth by your spirit in the name of Jesus, Father. Those, Father God, that are just walking out and they're healing, Father, receiving their healing. Father, we thank you they have it in Jesus' name. We're healed and whole from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, and we're not letting the enemy take an inch from us even this week in our health. So, God, we thank you that we are a blessed people of God. We give all the praise, all the glory to you in your name. Amen. Stay for a cup of tea and coffee. Greet one another. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.